Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. Oil, the price is down today after Iran said it's unwilling to freeze output at current levels. It wants to raise production to 4 million barrels a day. This is once again dashing hopes for OPEC to reach a deal to stabilize markets when the group meets tomorrow, Pim. And we have one of Wall Street's top oil and gas analysts coming up to discuss this. Yes, so we'll be speaking with Fadel Agate, uh, senior analyst at Oppenheimer and Company. Get his views and his thoughts about investing in energy. Right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you very much, Pim Fox. Thank you, Carol Master. Or thank you, uh, Kathleen Hayes. We have got crude oil. Oil West Texas Intermediate down three percent right now. More on oil coming up. That's a drop of a dollar thirty-nine a barrel. Forty-four fifty-five right now on West Texas Intermediate. Brent also down three percent. Forty-five ninety-six. Natural gas, by the way, down one tenth of one percent. Stocks are shrugging off that drop in oil as a rally in consumer confidence jumps. Also, banking shares are rebounding. Mexico's peso leading emerging markets higher on the perception that presidential nominee Hillary Clinton beat Donald Trump in their first debate. But among those watching last night's presidential debate, former UK Chancellor of the Exchequer, George Osborne, now a member of Parliament, and he was interviewed this morning on Bloomberg Television. Well, look, I'm, I'm not voting in this election, but I watched that debate last night, and, you know, I don't think the answers that Donald Trump put forward on closing America off from the world, erecting trade barriers, are going to help create jobs in America, and I don't think they're good for the world more generally. So we'll let the American people make their own decisions, but that's my economic judgment on what I heard last night on the debate. People familiar with the matter say most SAB Miller investors voting by proxy supported Anheuser-Busch InBev's $104 billion takeover offer in advance of tomorrow's shareholder meeting, an early indication that the deal will go forward. S&P up 11, a gain of 5 tenths of 1%. The Dow up 112, a gain of 6 tenths of 1%. Gold down 1%, dropping 13.80 the ounce. And now at uh, 3.32 on Wall Street, a look at the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Jill Schneider. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. Hillary Clinton is winning applause from supporters in North Carolina for her performance in last night's debate. Here's Bloomberg Washington Bureau Chief Megan Murphy. This is a pretty important win for her in terms of um, at least stalling his momentum as as we had seen this sort of mini-surge particularly in some of the crucial swing states. But the other sort of flip side always with dealing with the Trump candidacy, and and this is a good thing for his campaign, is the bar is so low. Now they'll go back to the drawing board. They know they need to get better. They know they need to be more prepared. And maybe he'll be able to turn in a much better performance in the next two debates that will really solidify his candidacy. That's that's what we're going to be watching for. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he thinks Donald Trump did a good job against Clinton. I think he gave a spirited um, argument, and I think he passed a number of thresholds which showed that for, what was it, 90 minutes? For 90 minutes, he could go toe-to-toe with Hillary Clinton. 
Trump is describing the debate as, quote, an interesting evening. Each of the estates of the 49 patrons killed in the gay nightclub massacre in Orlando will receive $350,000 from donations. That's according to an official with the One Orlando Fund. Authorities have identified a firefighter killed in a house explosion today as a Bronx battalion chief. Michael Fahey, a 17-year veteran, was a father of three. Firefighters were responding to reports of a gas leak at the home, and officials say they discovered a drug lab when they arrived on the scene. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Jill Schneider. This is Bloomberg. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping the Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ continuing to advance. The S&P 500 index up 11 to 21.57, a gain of five-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Oil and oil prices. Who better to ask and understand the market and the participants but Fadel Gate. He is a senior analyst at Oppenheimer and Company, and he joins us now. Fadel, if you were in the room in Algeria where they were negotiating or not negotiating among the OPEC members, what do you think we would hear? I will hear silence. Uh, there is nothing to talk about. It's, uh, they're trying to put a uh, positive uh, front on a situation that is not really entirely up to OPEC. Uh, OPEC is in a uh, price war. Uh, they are not seeing eye to eye. The Saudis are not seeing what the Iranians are doing, what the Algerians are doing, what the Nigerians are doing, what the Venezuelans are doing. Saudi Arabia uh, started the price war two years ago, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it backfired because you know the other producers are matching what the Saudis are doing. Even Venezuela, which is for all practical purposes a bankrupt uh, country, they're still uh, having uh, plans to increase production, and and by a significant amount, not by 50 or you know 60,000 barrel, but they are talking about 250,000 barrel in the next three years, and they are really putting uh, bids out. So uh, the Nigerians are the same. Uh, you know, all these countries have to live with lower oil prices because oil prices will probably uh, lower oil prices are here to stay. We're not going to see $100 oil any uh, any uh, time soon. So things have changed, and OPEC has to learn how to live within means. That's what the industry has learned. That's what oil companies have learned. That you 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 know hope for for the best, but yeah. plan for the worst. Uh, yes, you do. Always in life, for so many things, it's almost an aside, but not really. I guess when you talk about living within their means, a story today uh, that the Saudis are going to uh, cut government workers' pay. I think this is one of their ministers are going to get twenty percent pay cuts. Now, I did not uh, see in that particular news item how high those salaries were. Maybe they're very high, and a twenty percent pay cut isn't that much. But is that a sign that maybe the Saudis realize what's going on? Oh, absolutely. The problem is when you have a country where, uh, you know, less than 5% of the population has 95% of the wealth, there is something wrong with this picture. We're talking about the income inequality. 
welcome to the land of uh, you know uh, you know hardship you know 95% of the saudis are uh, living uh, hand to mouth well, 5% of the population, obviously, these are the emirs and all these guys. So uh, there has to be some change. These people just cannot continue with the same failed business model. They have to learn. The oil industry cut capital spending by 25%, followed by another 25%. So the OPEC has to learn that. OPEC has to see what is going on in, in real life. They just cannot hope for $100 oil to appear. When oil prices were $110, they kept saying the fair price is 120 And when oil prices were $140, they said that this is the fair price. Now oil prices are $40, say the fair price is 70 But where, where were they when oil prices were 110 Why didn't they bring or try to bring oil prices lower? So it's a one-way street, and it's obviously – leading to a dead end, and we are going to see a dead end here because freezing production is not going to solve the current oversupply problem. That is something that nobody is focusing on. That is not a solution. The only solution is for oil, for, 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 for OPEC to cut mm-hmm. production by at least 10%. Wow. And that's not going to happen because they don't trust each other. You know, you, the, the Iranian and the Saudis, they, they, they have been in proxy fight for 20 years. Unfortunately, it didn't get the top billing because we had other wars that were more important to us. Fadel, just get your thoughts here on the implications for what you're describing. Less money in Saudi Arabia means less money to other nations in the region that they either support or help or various groups that they support. Also, in that context, like Venezuela, supplying oil to Cuba. I wonder if you could give us your thoughts. Well, obviously, uh, they will have to satisfy their domestic demand first. One of the reasons that uh, these countries are under tremendous pressure, because basically they are welfare states, uh, supported by oil export revenue. Things are fine, or at least appear to be fine, when you have $100 oil. But all of a sudden, you have $40 oil. You're no longer looking at $100 oil. So they have to make the same, uh, you know, uh, cuts, if you will, mm-hmm. that uh, any organization or company or government or individual will have to make, because but, now they will have to live within their Yes, Father, they are not prepared to do that. Quick final question. Give me five, ten seconds. How, is oil going to stay in this, like, 45 to 50 bucks a barrel range, or is it going lower? Uh, it's not going to go lower. The upside potential is still significantly higher than the downside risk. We have to remember that oil prices are up 75% from their low okay. and 10% down from their high. That is only in the last 12 months. All right, Fadel Gay, thank you so much. From Oppenheimer & Co., I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. Coming up on Taking Stock, he helps to manage more than $11 billion in assets. Tom Stringfellow, Chief Investment Officer, Frost Investment Advisors. He'll tell us what they're doing with their money next.